This is Alyssa Lube, and you are listening to Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer Success. to all you wonderful people who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate and this is my podcast, Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success. On today's show, the biggest return investment is the one you invest in yourself. My guest is Elisa Lube, a sex and intimacy education coach, content creator and host of Alyssa Explains It All. She's also known as the girl with the vulva pillow on Netflix, The Circle. We are discussing where do you go when you have questions about sex education. So what's been happening to me? Ozzy is back to school after having a break. His first day back, he was super excited to make new friends and meet his teacher. And he was kind of sad that some of his friends would be in a different class and he would be having a completely different teacher. So I took him in to meet the teacher in advance at a Meet the Teacher ice cream event, which was great because they give all the kids lolly ices, popsicles, whatever you call them. I call them call them lolly ices and I think American people call them ice lollies. But it was great because all the kids got one and they could go and walk into the class and walk around and see the new friends. So then on the day itself, I walked him into his class and sat him down at his desk. And so many new things are happening for him. I'm excited to be able to give Ozzy all these opportunities. You know, each day besides growing taller, like he literally is growing so tall and developing more of his character. He's got a big character. He's learning to read, write, do maths, interact with friends He's improving on things such as his swimming when we go to the pool. And he graduated from a little kids to a bigger kids class at Taekwondo. The teachers got some much needed rest. Hopefully, hopefully they did anyway during their time off. And they're now refreshed and ready to take on a new challenge of the year ahead of leading and helping all the kids to grow. And it's the educators and supportive people that make a difference. So I always think whether it's the teachers at school, the leaders at camp, instructors, uh, out of school activities, a boss that believes in you, parents that encourage you, or friends that you can share ideas with, it takes a community or a village to help a child grow. So as he's now settling back into his routine, And now it's time for me to look at how I'm going to move forward with the new schedule. How am I going to grow? Adults grow too. What do I want to invest my time in? How am I going to reach my goal? 
I'm going to keep my mind, ears and eyes open for the universe. Give me some guidance, advice or suggestions. And I heard some really important words said to me. The best investment that you can make is in yourself. So I'm going to say that again. Investing in yourself is the best investment you can ever make. So if you ever wanted to invest in something worthwhile for yourself, but you don't know how or where to start, maybe you're lacking the motivation or you feel your life is going in the wrong direction. So I want to share some ideas of how you can make that investment in you. Start by defining yourself so you know where you're going. Think, what's your purpose? What are your passions? What are your dreams? And how will you feel when those dreams come true? Think about positive statements. You don't want the negative statements. You don't want to put any negative words in. It's always visualizing and picturing and thinking about that perfect body, the perfect health, the perfect wealth, perfect job. Imagine what your future will be like. The feeling of achieving your dreams will lift you spiritually. Use your mind and your heart to put yourself in the place of that dream as though it's happening right now. I love it because it's all about visualization, but it's also about the feelings that you're going to have inside that go along with it. Explore your inner self and desire. What do you know about your inner self? Do you have a desire for something more meaningful in your life? A desire to experience much more love, greater happiness? that desire to experience deep fulfillment within yourself. How will you get to know your inner self more? Remove those self-doubts and unwanted thoughts by letting a more powerful thought take over. So focus back on you and what you want to achieve by investing. You want to empower yourself. And it's like that pure connection to who you are at your core. Whether you think it's your soul or your higher self or the energy. That you, that is all around you. And don't underestimate the importance of taking care of yourself. To be productive, you have to take care of yourself both emotionally and physically. What are the things that you want to take care of? Think about them and start working on them. And when you start taking care of yourself, your thoughts are clearer and more focused. And you'll have the energy to do what needs to be done. And this can make all the difference. And there are only 24 hours in a day and you want to use that time wisely. Investments in you depend on how productively you use your time. So are you using your time wisely by focusing on something meaningful and productive? Whatever you decide to do with every second in your day. So instead of scrolling or wasting that time, 
How are you going to use each moment with more purpose and passion? Investing in you is not about wasting time, but it's about using time wisely. Be willing to learn and grow. So we start off as new babies and we learn new talents as we grow. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to think, oh, when I leave school, I'm not going to need to learn anymore because I'm going to know everything. And just because we grow up, we should always be open-minded to learning and growing spiritually. You are never too old to learn. And when you are willing to learn and develop in yourself, you're already adding value to your life. You are already investing in yourself. Develop your skills in something new and make sure it's something that makes you feel good. So do you have a natural talent for a certain skill? Languages, music, computers, sports, cooking, poetry, drawing. Oh my goodness, I could go on. There's no limit to what you can learn. And I have to tell you, my son Ozzy, he's five and he tells me that drawing calms him down. And for a five-year-old to be doing this and to tell me, I think that's amazing. And it's something that he loves. And as a parent, I encourage him to keep drawing. You have to be that parent to yourself, encouraging yourself to explore subjects that interest you. Find the things that you feel passionate about. Discover areas that you find you have strengths. And then find those skills and be open to using them in different ways. Be individual, be you. We are all individuals and people are all different. Find the healthy relationship between socialising and having alone time. So I can be inspired by people, be joyful when sharing time with friends. Yeah, love the time when I can be more alone in stillness, reflecting and personally investing in me. If your main goal is to invest in you rather than party, then dedicate more time to you. When I was younger, I was I would always find that I was restless staying in the house alone. I always felt I had to be out doing stuff, doing things with people. But now I appreciate my personal time and know how to use it peacefully and calmly. And I actually love sometimes just going in the bedroom and here in that peace and quiet where I can just sit on the bed and just enjoy the comforts of my room and the quiet and the peace. And there I can do different things that I like, including meditation. That's really, I, I find that really helpful for me. And what do you do when you reach an achievement? Taking baby steps towards them is perfectly fine. And achievements are the beginning of your investments in you. The more that you see yourself achieving, this will give you the incentive to say, hey, look what I'm doing for myself. Recognize those achievements, feel proud, celebrate, and really congratulate yourself on each step that you attain. Investing in yourself is investing in your future. 
Getting the right balance will give dividends that you will see and benefit from. I love these ideas. I'm, I'm given droplets of ideas from the universe and all I want to do is pass them on to you. I love planting seeds in your mind. And it's a simple message. Investing in you will improve your life and those around you. Hey, that was felt like it was really short and sweet today. I want to spotlight someone who I feel stands out or has done something interesting on their social media. So let me introduce this episode's Skinfluencer Success Spotlight Performer as Julia Ann. She is an amazing, beautiful lady. And for those who don't know her, she's an adult film actress, a many-time winning MILF Performer of the Year, Hall of Famer, host of Playboy TV, Playboy Radio, and Vivid Radio. I've known Julia for quite a long time. She's a really amazing person. Um, we've worked together in movies. We've made content for our OnlyFans. And we also um, were fellow radio hosts on Vivid Radio. In fact, I can remember covering her radio show before I had my own slot. One of the stepping stones, investing in something that I liked, investing in something in me. And I ended up being a radio host for seven years with Vivid Radio. And then, of course, that moved on to this podcast. So she, she's just an amazing lady. You want to go and check out, look at her tweets and her Instagram posts. And there you will find her passions in her life, as well as all her professional work for her fans on Twitter and on her premium social media platforms, such as OnlyFans and Loyal Fans. She has a real deep compassion for helping animals. She'll assist rescue centers by sharing links to animals in need of medical treatment, fostering animals until they find a forever home, or just sharing fun pictures of her cute, adorable pets. Her heart helps those animals go from unfortunates in need of being loved, to being rehomed, to being healthy, to being totally happier animals. And for all the support that she gives, she is my Skinfluencer Success Podcast Performer of the episode. Go and follow her on Twitter at the Real Julia Ann. Instagram is the Real Julia Ann Live, and tell her Tanya Tate sent you there. Tag some performers who you think deserve to be the Skinfluencer Success Spotlight. Tweet me at Tanya Tate. Comment on my YouTube or TikTok at Tanya Tate Tube or Instagram at Tanya Tate Create. And you can also leave me a voice note on speakpipe.com slash Tanya Tate and let me know who you think should be spotlighted and why. Coming up next on Skinfluencer Success, my guest is Alyssa Lube, a sex and intimacy education coach, content creator and host of Alyssa Explains It All. We are discussing where do you go when you have questions about sex education. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer Success. You are listening to Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success. Where do you go when you have questions about sex education? 
My guest is a sex and intimacy education coach, content creator, and host of Alyssa Explains It All. She's also known as the girl with the vulva pillow on Netflix, The Circle. Welcome, Alyssa Lube, to the Skinfluencer Success Podcast. Thank you for having me. I love Yay. that intro. I love, I love my... <laughs> The way that I've built my presence in the world. It all makes me so happy. I have my vulva pillow here, actually. Oh, wow. There is. Do you know what? I was hoping that you would bring it. She's <laughs> always to... here. She's always ready to go. I, I needed to see that. That's kind of cool. It Can is. you uh, you just buy them off the internet or do you have it specially made? Or The woman who makes them is in she's a woman in Australia and I want to say that she makes them to order because they they take a little while to get here but they're yeah. like pretty anatomically correct like you can like lift up the hood and there's the clitoris you could like feel on the inside the internal structures and then like you can open it and you can like fully stick a finger in the vaginal canal it's oh, pretty wow. fun <laughs> yeah it is very educational because we are about education so Alyssa I want to start off, you know, let's talk about your story. So I think we, it starts off when you moved to LA. So yes. you moved to LA. So how was this the start into the sex education industry? Well, when I moved to LA, I was kind of taking a leap of faith. I really wanted to work in um, in makeup, specifically doing like special effects for horror movies. But yeah, so I wanted to learn how to do special effects makeup. So that really is mostly in LA and I live in New York. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a leap of faith. I'm going to give it a shot. I moved March 1st of 2020 thinking that the pandemic was not going to be a pandemic. I was like, this is going to be like everything else. It's going to be fine. It's going to brush over in a couple of months. And like every step of the way, I couldn't believe what was unfolding like everybody else. And so the whole makeup industry was completely like there was nothing happening. Um, and so I needed a job and there was a somatic sex coach who was looking for an assistant to help her move all of her in-person clients to be online while the pandemic was happening. And I've always been like very open about talking about sex and sexuality. My friends and I will be like, we'll be anywhere and just talk about any part of it. And so when, when the job came across, not my desk, but my texts, uh, I was like, this is perfect. This is great. And when I started working with her, it just like changed my whole perspective on sex, on sexuality, on what, especially from the female perspective, what we completely don't learn at all about our bodies. And, um, and that just like changed everything for me. And then a year later, I just applied for the circle thinking like, you know, we'll just whatever, see what happens. And I really think the vulva pillow did them in and they loved it. And, um, and I, I'm going to sorry, I got to go back Alyssa, because people are going to be like, what is a somatic sex coach? Like, what do they do? Yeah. Well, yeah. So a somatic sex coach, somatic is means of the body. So if you're a somatic coach, you're doing stuff that is a little bit more hands-on than um, a regular sex coach. Like I'm not certified in any somatic practices, but my old boss was. So what she would do is um, either through a guided session, which is really what she was doing during the pandemic, um, or in person, she would teach women about the different parts of their vulva, have either them feel it, or she would actually go and feel it with gloves and 
obviously lots of consent and all of that stuff. Um, and it's meant to rewire the neurological pathway between your genital tissue and what you receive in your brain. So it's helpful for people who have traumatic experiences or um, she had a client who had cervical cancer and was completely numb in the entire genital area. And after a couple of months started to actually regain her sensation there. Um, and she used to say all the time, orgasm happens in your brain and all of that feeling happens in your brain. And so if you can get those um, neurological connections to line up again, you're in business. And so that's what she was doing is she was teaching women about how to do that for themselves, or she was guiding them through a process that she might be performing, um, you know, pre pandemic, but, but yes, yeah. that's what a somatic coach is. I, I need to ask them. <clears throat> yeah. So for you, you were getting all this education and experience really of, of being there. And as a woman, you know, I think it's it's different for me sitting here because I've explored myself many, many times because, you know, that's my job. Mm -hmm. And I've explored many other women as well. Mm -hmm. You know, um, being an adult actress, that's like what we do and things are different. But it, it's if I wasn't in the industry, it would be um, it would definitely be something that I wouldn't be as aware of. Totally. I can't tell you how many people like I, I always feel like I'm never doing enough <laughs> and I'm like, I, am I even teaching anybody? But the reality is most most women and I mean, really on both sides of the fence. But I think there's a little bit more shame involved on the on the female side of life. Um, but most women have no idea like what their vulva is. They've never looked at it. They've never touched it. Um, and they still associate it with being shameful or um, embarrassing. Or there's been this whole narrative that that vaginas are like stinky and they're dirty. And like, it's just not, that's just not the truth. They It's an organ. So it smells like an organ, but it's yeah. not, it's not like something to be ashamed of or um, be scared of. And actually your whole sex life gets so much better when you know what you like. If you don't yeah. explore yourself, how are you supposed to direct anybody else? They're not mind readers. You have to be able to tell them what to do and, and you have to give them the map and then they'll, they'll follow it. I promise. <laughs> it, you know, that, that is so right. So, you know, for me, I've, I've made lots of movies and, you know, I've been in movies where let's just say the chemistry wasn't as strong. Mm. And I would always think, oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to turn this around. So I would always know what I liked and what like excited me. So if I was working with someone in a movie and I'm just like, you are not doing it for me, mate. Yeah. I would literally put myself in my head mm -hmm. and I would think of things that would excite me or I would direct the action so the other person would be directed into a certain area or a certain place mm -hmm. and 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 I would always think about the fans you know because mm -hmm. of course you know we're, we're creating content we're creating content now with our podcast and and we're always creating something new and so I would think these the fans are going to watch this they're going to want to like really enjoy it yeah. so I would literally just direct them to the things that I liked and it was like <sighs> yeah that's how the magic around. happens. Yeah, you turn it all around. Yeah, and it's a shame that we've been conditioned to feel like 
touching ourselves and exploring ourselves is so outside of the realm of a normal sexual activity because it's just not true. Like it's it's so normal. And even just from the perspective of like you always want to operate from the perspective of pleasure. You want things to be pleasurable. And that's the point of so much of sex education. But a lot of it's like a safety thing. Like if you have no idea what your vulva looks like or feels like when it's normal, how the heck are you going to know when there's something wrong? Yeah. Yeah. You, won't. You, you know, when you just said that, it's, it's, some people, um, it's shameful mm -hmm. and it's embarrassing. It's such a big thing, isn't it? Like for me, sex is, I'm very open about it. Before I was in the industry, I would feel not as confident about myself, not as confident about my body and not as confident about my personal area. So for people that are like listening, you know, there's, we have men and women that listen to the show and I'm sure this show, there's going to be a, a lot more women as well listening, you know, because of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So talk us through, you know, this shame, where does it come from and how, how as a society do we get over it? It's, so woven into the experience of being a human being and primarily for women it's it, it can date back i mean i was looking at the history of of female sexuality for a while and i was looking at all of these these events in um in history that kind of dial up to the way that we feel now and one of the things that i think is so interesting is the beginning of the of the witch trials. A lot of that, this was like when that all started in Europe, it was like the 1600s. And yeah. a lot of the women that were being accused of witchcraft and were then being mutilated, hung, killed, etc., they were just people who embraced their sexuality. And that could be by any definition. Like it, it was not by any one definition. So like from the start, we've just had this subliminal messaging that sexuality is for um, anybody who is male or um, male presenting and anything that is feminine, you are supposed to have this sort of purity complex and there's a moral value tied to sexuality. There's a moral value tied to um, virginity. And in reality, none of that stuff is real. Like there is no medical way to determine if someone is a virgin. And so there are all these like weird practices um, around the world, even today, where people are checking mm -hmm. for a hymen and, and that's, that's not medically accurate. You can't do that. But there's so much morality tied to um, tied to, to our sexuality. And it goes back mm -hmm. really far. It's just been the way that the female experience has always been. And even when you think about things like, like the Adam and Eve story, we when, the, when you look at that story, whether you believe in it being um, real or fictional, the way that it was written was written from a male perspective. And in that male perspective, there is the first person who's who was created and the second one was created in the image of the first and was the one who started the original sin because she was tempted into Temptation. eating an apple and so mm -hmm. it's like it's built into the fabric of the female experience that we are easily swayed we are easily tempted we have um, less of a moral compass and we needed to be guided by others and that is it's really um, a system that's created to prevent us from feeling empowered because if we feel empowered, then we are less likely to need partnerships um, that 
were previously something that women depended on for, mm -hmm. for most of history. So it's really like, it's tough because it's built into the fabric of who we are. And now we also are in a place where we're getting very conflicting messages in like the media space. So yeah. you could be driving down um, parts of Hollywood and see billboards uh, for strip clubs. And you can see like, you know, people in um, sort of sexualized ads and that kind of a thing. And you'll see that everywhere. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you're still going to find people and communities that will absolutely chastise a woman for embracing her sexuality at all. And we're we're seeing that even in the way that like laws are being created now. And even in the mm -hmm. past couple of years, the, the laws that have changed for sex work online like that and in person, all of that is a subliminal message that our sexuality is not appropriate and our sexuality is not accepted. And the reality of it is it is appropriate to know how your body works and it is yeah. appropriate to know how to interact with other people. It keeps you safe. It helps you to have more fun and have it be more enjoyable. And like it or not, sex is not just for procreation. Like the clitoris is a part of the vulva that has no function aside from pleasure. So that's that. It's just, it's in the proof is in the pudding, but it's very <laughs> tough. It's very tough for people to embrace because we spent yeah. a lifetime with mixed messages and primarily hearing that we had to be pure and virginous and whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of the media, you know, there's a, uh, this is not political. I, I never ever get political because mm -hmm. politics of me, we just don't mix. It's messy. However, a lot of laws are being brought in. A lot of pressure groups are coming in to try and, you know, women have been able to express ourselves. You, you know, there's so many places where we can express ourselves, express our sexuality. There, there are platforms available where we connect with our fans, you know, OnlyFans being the bigger one. Um, and we, we do it because we want to, mm -hmm. you know. And I think there are people coming in and it, it feels like we're going backwards with education. It's, you know, we they don't want us to have a presence online. They don't want us to enjoy sex. And then when it comes to education, even at younger ages, some of, especially some of the states, you, you're going to know a lot more about this than me. Some of the states are, are changing the laws to make mm -hmm. things not okay to mm -hmm. teach children you, you know about age appropriate sex education right yeah and it, it, it it's so many mixed messages go on i was gonna say it is a lot of mixed messages and it also what i think is really important in the way that you phrased it is age appropriate sex education because obviously yes. you're not teaching a fourth grader like the ins and outs of sex, you're not doing that. But it's important that they understand the names of their body parts because that drastically reduces the chance of um, a, any sort of sexual assault or inappropriate sexual behavior just by knowing the names of their actual body parts. And mm -hmm. it's frustrating too because there's a direct correlation between the states that provide and require comprehensive sex education which means it's beyond abstinence only. There's a direct correlation between the states that require that type of education and the rate of teen pregnancy is drastically lower and the age in which people start having sex is much later in life. So it's almost like you've 
when you've demystified it, when you've taken away the power from it being something that you shouldn't do, it ends up being a lot um, less of a tempting thing. It's the same thing with like, I'm Italian. My grandfather, my nonno would make wine. When I was a kid, they would let me have little, little tiny bits with lots of water. But there was always like just wine around. And so now I'm 29 and like, I'm not really that much of a big drinker anymore. I feel like it's just never real. Like it's fun sometimes, but I've sort of like, it never was really that fascinating to me. And I think it's because I grew up around it. So it just was not, everybody wants like a little bit of the forbidden. They want something that like they can't Mm -hmm. have right away. And it works the same way with sex education. If you just teach them and show them what's actually happening in a way that is comprehensive and has some level of focus on pleasure, but also on safety, you will reduce the um, the chance of people having sex early in life. And you will reduce the chance of them having children early in life, which mm-hmm. is also crazy because those same states that require abstinence-only education and then have high rates of teen pregnancy also happen to be the states that don't want abortion to be um, something that is uh, accessible to those people. So it's just... It's like, what are we, what are we doing? It's so conflicting. It really I'm, I'm is. Just like, I, this is why I think education and sex education is is so important for people mm-hmm. to you, you know to to know about it and to hear about it and to be educated by people that are presenting the facts, not a slanted. Mm-hmm. This is the view that I want you to have. It it, it should just be these are the facts and there's no hidden agenda behind it. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it's interesting too, because in the sex educator space, uh, especially on like social media and stuff, there's when you're sharing information like this, because sex and sexuality is not as broadly researched as most other health related topics, there's going to be some, um, there's going to be some, topics that will have some sort of like, people will disagree from time to time and say, well, I saw this study and it was this, this, and this. Well, I saw this study and it was, there's Mm -hmm. not enough information a lot of the time to, to always have one single answer. But what I think is really interesting is in this, if you are a person in the sex education space, it is so much more important that those conversations are had. And I've had people come on, on my posts who are educators and, you know, say like, you know, say this is something that I saw and like potentially trying to correct me, but ultimately Mm -hmm. we're all learning together. And that's, that's what I want out of this experience is for all of us to learn together because it is such like a marginalized topic. And I would so much rather the conversation actually be happening so that there's actual truth flying around here. Yeah. And so I, I want to take you um, to the Netflix show, mm-hmm. The Circle. So, so talk to me about that. You, you know, you're you're working as you, as the assistant for the somatic sex coach, and then suddenly this opportunity. How did it come about, and how did you get to take part? I uh, I just applied. There's like an online application, and I just I filled it out. I did a little video, and the whole process took like something like eight months. Like we were doing call after call after call. And every time I moved along in the process, I was like, really? Okay. And I couldn't believe it. And then (laughs) we get to like the end of actually almost about a year or two years from now, um, or two years ago, we get to like the end of July and I get a phone call from my casting director. And he just says, you're 
you're going to England and you're flying in two weeks. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Uh, And so in that whole process, I knew that they loved the sex coach thing. They loved that I was willing to talk about sexuality. And that was like, I understood that they wanted me to be like the sex lady, which is fine. Um, Because in real life, I am the sex lady. So sure, we'll carry it through to the Netflix show. Um, And when I went to film it, one of the most interesting parts was um, when we did the intro, which is like the very beginning where I say like, I'm Alyssa, I'm from New York, I'm 27 years old, whatever. And they had me say, I'm really comfortable saying the word vagina and then say vagina, vagina, vagina to like all these different cameras over and over again. It was like, just so (laughs) silly. But like, and and the best part was when that trailer came out, my, and my dad, my dad, my parents know about what I do. They actually are very, very proud and embrace it. But when that trailer came out, my dad went nice. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. It just, (laughs) it was, it was really funny. And then during the, like the rest of the show, um, they would, you have producers in your ear throughout the entire filming process. And Mm -hmm. so they always wanted me to like sex it up. But in reality, Mm -hmm. I'm not really um, that like sex forward in like just my day-to-day life. And I find that a lot of the time with people who are like sex educators, where actually almost every person that I've spoken to who is a sex educator now is super vanilla, like just like, honestly, just nerds for the research more than anything. (laughs) And okay with saying the word vagina. And that seems to be the formula. Um, And so they really thought that I was going to be on the show and be like very flirty and sex it up. And um, instead, I was a psychotic um, competition driven woman who had notes from literally ceiling to floor on all the different people in my season. And when I finally got eliminated from the show because spoiler alert I didn't win but it's okay oh. <laughs> um when I got eliminated from the show one of the producers came to my room to like you know like check in and and thank me for my time it was very nice yeah. and then he goes I have to tell you you had a lot of the producers huddled around your screens during during this filling process because you didn't do at all what we thought you were gonna do and I was like what do you mean? And he straight up said to me, we thought you were going to be like the thirst trap of the season. And I was like, oh, yeah, you miscalculated because that's yeah. <laughs> unfortunately not the vibe. But ultimately coming off the show, having the platform that I have is amazing because it's a very mainstream audience. Like it's people mm-hmm. who are not necessarily like sex industry people there are people who are netflix watchers and that gives me access to a really special group of people who are curious but not totally thrown into the whole process and i'm at the sort of i'm at a crossroads for them where it's the infancy of them learning about sex education and sexuality and for a lot of people the messages i was getting right after the show it was like um I'm just so happy that you're here. I'm just so happy that you exist and that you're you're talking about this and that made me feel better on its own. And it's yeah. it's been really special and very cool. I I think because you're not a sex worker, mm-hmm. it it gives you a bigger it, it does it gives you a bigger platform. It's it's a free card really, isn't it? You know, if I if I was to be like I've got this education, I want to share it with you. It's going to be more difficult for me because they're going to be like, "Oh, well, she has 
sex for a living you know or she's just so comfortable in her body that I'm not sure people would take me so a lot of people would listen because you know Mm -hmm. I've, I've obviously done the job so I know what I'm doing but I think there would be a lot of people that would immediately cast me aside Mm. because they wouldn't think that I would be worthy or I I'm not somebody that they aspire to be Mm. and again we've got we're coming back to that that inside feelings isn't it if somebody is not worthy of themselves they can't embrace others and they can't love others and they can't appreciate others for for what they have to offer Mm-hmm. And you know, there's all. It's again, it's about the censorship, isn't it? And that's kind of all inbred mm-hmm. into people. It, it's it really is. It goes really deep. It really does. It really does. And even just the way that people feel about sex workers being so like volatile, and and just like very all over the place is it's a lot. And I I think I think more than. If someone's looking for information about sex, I think they would take it from a sex worker, but I think that they would also be like, well, this person's a professional and I need someone who's maybe like beginner level, but they're going, they would, there's absolutely people who want advanced, advanced information. Um, But I think you're right that it's, it's also people being judgmental about, about um, sex workers in general. And I always find that to be so ironic and weird because do they not watch porn? The, of course they do. So how are you <laughs> going to, like, how are you going to throw the first stone? You literally watch porn. What do you, what? I don't get it. <laughs> Thank you. People do. They watch, they watch porn. We They watch pornography and then they're like, let's not have this online. Let's not have this available. Let's hide it all. Right. Let's stop them. And, you know, there's been cases, you know, where people have been so adamant against it. And, yep. you know, later we know. <laughs> we always, know what you yeah, they're always telling on themselves. Always. Even the people, it happens a lot where people who've had very strong stances on like the LGBTQ community end up having some internalized homophobia because they have queer feelings or whatever, uh, queer identifying themselves and they don't want to embrace it. It's always like, I think in general, and this is something people say on social media all the time, but it's so true. If anybody is being hateful or judgmental to you, it's most likely because they are they are dealing with something themselves and mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's jealousy like if you yeah. really if you really think about why are you so angry about a sex worker doing doing her job it's probably because you know that you're not that comfortable performing that way mm-hmm. you're not that comfortable with your body and this is a person who has fully embraced who they are and yeah. their sexuality which is like a heroic feat nowadays and and so you know it's hard to see other people live in your dream and so they're haters <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i get a lot of it but for me i i think to myself inside i'm happy i'm yeah. confident i'm worthy mm-hmm. i'm loved and then i think about the people that are throwing it and i think they must have all those opposite feelings inside them mm-hmm. you know the jealousy the hate they mm-hmm. and and so the feelings that they have inside themselves they just project it and totally. some of them like <laughs> projectile vomit <laughs> they're so yes. painful <laughs> yes it, it 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 makes me kind of sad as well in a way that yeah. 
you must be living such a miserable, horrible life because we're, we're on earth to learn mm-hmm. and we're on earth to find joy and to enjoy life and to embrace mm-hmm. it and to live each moment. And these people must be so sad. I, yeah. I, I just wish that they would just sit down and be like, you know, let everyone do their own thing as long as it's not harming anybody else. Yeah. I agree. I agree so much. And I think all the time when people, um, I, I'm very lucky. I very rarely get like actual mean, mean comments, but when I do, I always think I've never ever in my life seen a stranger on the internet and said, they have to know my opinion. They have to know my negative opinion. I've never felt that way. (laughs) Like, so if you do, I don't understand already. Like you're, I don't understand where you're at. And yeah. so I'm, I'm not going to try and it's just not, it's not worth the energy. But I, I remember a long time ago, I had a therapist tell me, um, that the way that you value yourself is, is like, is so important. So if you have issues with, let's say you have an issue, you have an issue with sex workers in general or sex work or sex education, I would encourage you or any of those sort of like hot button topics, I would encourage you to really sit down and think about what in your life gives you value, like what makes you a a person of value in your life. And if if your answer, your answers will tell you a lot. Like so when Mm -hmm. I think about that, I think about I'm a great friend. I'm a great daughter. I'm a great sister. I'm a great girlfriend. I, um, I have my my platform and I can go on and on and on because I put enough work into it where I'm like, I need to value myself. And if you can do that, that's amazing. But that's like, that takes practice. Like it takes time and energy and work. Yeah, it it does. And I'm just glad that we're sitting here now and we are bringing these thoughts to the people that are listening great all the people that are sitting there like that are counting off on the fingers all the great things about themselves yeah you, you know what if you're sitting there and you're thinking I can't think of something you can you can think of just like the littlest thing yeah you know the littlest thing like just being saying hi to the neighbor you know mm-hmm. you're you've you're a good neighbor today you're a good neighbor you, yeah that's and there's no but there's no but that I think a lot of people put I am good or I am this, but mm-hmm. yeah. however, it's like, yeah. take all that away. Take it away. Own it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so true. You could think of even the smallest thing. Like, did you shop at a farmer's market? Amazing. You support small businesses. There you go. Amazing. Good for you. Yeah. Have you have you subscribed to somebody on OnlyFans? You're also supporting a small business. <laughs> have, you listened, have you listened to podcasts, our podcasts? Exactly. Supporting small businesses. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so i i want to talk about um the the places where you are able to educate people mm-hmm. um so talk to me you, you know you are the host of it Alyssa Ex- explains it all and talk about your tiktok and your instagram because you know people are listening and be like where can we find this out Alyssa? yeah so um it's tricky in any of the sex education or sex adjacent fields. So Tanya, you got to know this very well. We will get kicked off of platforms like it is nothing. So 
Um, so especially TikTok hates me. TikTok does not want anyone to see anything I share. So mm -hmm. I do post on TikTok, but not that much of the sex education stuff because it will simply get me nowhere and more likely get me banned. So, yeah. um, so that's kind of challenging, but, um, I do have the podcast that comes out every Tuesday and we've had some really amazing people on, um, actually people that we've, we've gotten connected through Tanya, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and I have a publicity company as well. So, yeah, um, yeah I connected for, for some of my um, adult um, stars, content creators to, to come on. So thank yeah. you for having them. Oh, my God. Thank you for connecting us. <laughs> I learned so much through that whole experience. And one of my favorite, like, points to drive home every time I had them on was, like, you wanted to do this. You are not a yes. victim. You are not <laughs> – you are not – I actually, this is so, this is like kind of a tangent, but it's not really. I watched Fifty Shades of Grey for the first time, like last week. And the biggest issue I had with it, which if you haven't seen it, don't. But if I you didn't have, even watch it. I'm just like, it's, it's not. It's so boring. And if you're, if you're desensitized enough to, to sexuality, Tanya, I'm telling you, I was like, this is, when does the good stuff happen? It was so boring. It was so boring. Didn't miss but anything. <laughs> you didn't miss a thing. But the one thing, the one thing that frustrated me is Christian Gray, who's like the the guy who is interested in like BDSM and kink and is introducing it to somebody who's not. The he has this whole backstory that he was sexually assaulted by a mo his mom's friend when he was 15. And the mom was also a drug addict. And that ends up being what like fuels his interest in all of these other like dom sub um, activities later mm -hmm. in life. And I, that made me so angry. That made me so angry because that's simply not how it works for some people. It might be, but for mm -hmm. most people it's not. And you've made something that is already stigmatized further stigmatized because you're yeah. essentially saying that I have to be traumatized to be interested in this. And that's just not yeah. true. And it's the same thing with sex workers. You don't have to be traumatized to want to do that work. It's yeah. fun and you get paid really well to do it. So I just really like sex. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, if you really like ice cream, work at an ice cream shop. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Listen. Um, so anyway, back to your podcast. Yes. So on the podcast, every Tuesday, we have um, people who are. We've had people who are sex experts, who are sex therapists, people who work in the sex industry. Um, and then we've also had some really fun and entertaining people on who have just had really interesting lives that um, when you ask them about their dating life, it's just like fascinating. Um, and so we've had a really fun mix of guests on. And that comes out, like I said, every Tuesday. And on Instagram, I do share as much sex education as they will let me. I do get... Um, content violations a lot so I try to be careful with what I share um, yeah. but I just set up subscriptions on Instagram and um, I'll be able to share more of the fun stuff in the subscriptions um, yeah. so that it's not always so I always feel like when you're trying to share stuff on regular social media you could only give like a teeny teeny tiny bit and yeah. after a while if I were a follower I'd be like all right when are we getting the good stuff so <laughs> I'm trying to move everyone into the subscribers so that at least they get the good stuff. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I think Instagram is probably um, my, your best bet and the podcast, which comes yeah. out every Tuesday. 
So definitely the podcast because you, you're going to get everything. Yeah. So we're talking about censorship. And I, I know you you mentioned this to me. And it, it made me laugh at what you said. So you wrote, um, you wrote, why do I know what Kim Kardashian's nipple look like? But I'm not allowed to say vulva. Oh, <laughs> it drives me nuts. It's so true. It's so true. It's like, I can map that woman's areola. Why? But if I want to just talk about even, even just safe sex practices, like we haven't even touched pleasure. Like we can, I can't even talk about that stuff. And I will, I'll, I will get a content violation. Um, mm -hmm. and after a certain amount of con content violations, they will kick you off the app. And I'm, yeah. I'm in a point of extreme privilege in this industry because I um, came from like mainstream media. I came from Netflix. So they're yeah. not kicking me off as quickly as they will someone who started in the sex work industry. And, you know, you're bringing that onto Instagram. I've seen people get kicked off with one content violation and they'll just remove you from the app. It's crazy. <laughs> that happened to you? <laughs> Loads of times. <laughs> they it's don't crazy. give you no warning. They don't give you no warning. They just one night, one day you're there, and the next day you're gone. Yep. So it's yep. a constant battle with Instagram. I'm on a different, I'm on a different um, plateau right now. Moving forward, I had to change my link tree. Mm -hmm. So my link tree literally just has my podcast mm -hmm. and my Twitter and really? TikTok and YouTube. And but when you look at everyone else's link tree, it's got OnlyFans VIP. Mm -hmm. I, I can't have that because when I put it, they delete me. And yeah, so I've had the I've had lawyers talk to their lawyers, and that was the response. Wow! Link, on your link tree, you have this listed. Like, that's okay. crazy. I so they that's they pick and choose who who they want to take down. You know, they hundred percent. It's it's. I, I guess we just, it's a rabbit hole, isn't it? So what we have to do, what we have to do is work with what we can. Yeah. So it's, you know, is getting those, getting on what we can, giving little snippets. Sometimes the snippets have to be more extremely PG friendly compared to other people's snippets, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I had a meeting with someone at Meta like a month or two ago and I asked her, I was like, what's the deal with the censorship? Like, what is the rule? Because sometimes things get through. Like, I made a video today about praise kinks. That one's still up, totally fine. Still, I think it's still monetized, but I've I've made things that are way more tame, and those end up get getting taken down. And the rule that she told me that they have in the meta office is if you can say it out loud at Disneyland, you can say it on these apps, which huh. infuriates me because <laughs> Disneyland. Right. Disneyland. I was like, but this is not Disneyland. This is an app that you have to be a certain age to even sign up for. And what I don't understand is how have they not just created the option to have 18 plus accounts and eight, like you have to yeah. be over 18 to be able to either follow this person or see this specific post. Yeah. Why have we not done that? I think that's so silly. Well, let's think about like the, the, age of people that go to Disneyland we're talking babies under, <laughs> under 13s and you've got to be at least 13 years of age mm -hmm. to be on Instagram so it's it's kind of it's but <laughs> but then like we've just you've just said a bad word mm -hmm. you couldn't say that in Disneyland right 
Like, so, Ooh, violation. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's like, I remember once, um, we had Sin Sage on one of the episodes or two of the episodes of the podcast, actually. And she was talking about, I think she was talking about maybe like porn censorship or I can't remember exactly what it was, but she was like, I'm an adult. I would like to have adult things. Why can't I have adult things? And I was like, I understand. That's how I feel all the time about that stupid Disneyland comment. I'm like, I am an adult. I want to share adult things with other adults. Like, Why can't we have that? I don't get it. And honestly, I think it's just sexuality is such like a hot button thing because people mm-hmm. are so ashamed. They've tied all this morality to it. They think you are a better person. If you waited until marriage to have sex, you, they think you're a better person. If you're a virgin, like it's just, and that's just simply not true. It's never been true. It's a lie. It's a control mechanism. It's just not. And like, just don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. But you know what? The meta people have, have to whatever, I guess, keep their business afloat. Yeah, it's their it's their platform, isn't it? And you know, talking about sex education, if you was in Disneyland, you couldn't stand there with a megaphone talking about sex education. You know, <laughs> Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse would never have sex, well, right. probably because it's a person in a in a costume. Right, the person in the costume, absolutely has, has sex. sex. By the way, <laughs> you know what? I had a friend who worked at Disney for years, and the the people who work at Disney depraved there is so much crazy stuff that happens at the for the adults that work at disney so i don't want to hear it from meta <laughs> so we spoke about only fans and you know only fans has been opening up for a career platform for many creators so you know people are coming on brand newbies that have been in many mainstream careers you know mm-hmm. I, I interviewed a policewoman um you know, teachers nurses office workers shop workers you know cam models are coming forward established adult stars mm-hmm. so i'm i've got to ask you know do you think that there is a need um for creators of x-rated content to also receive educational support that's interesting i'm sure i'm sure to some degree yes because even things like like those there's there's still real people in their everyday lives like it's not like they they get step off a set and if they're a mom they suddenly know how to educate their child on sexuality when they're you know teenagers that like i think that there's always things that you can learn and i largely know that because i feel like i've never learned enough ever and i do this all the live long day and so so there's always something to learn i actually have never thought about bringing education like this education to only fans but i'm going to noodle on that um but yeah i think there's always something to learn there's always something to learn even like um a couple of days ago i was listening to a lecture and it was literally called awesome anal i was like i love my job (laughs) i love what i do (laughs) but even just knowing that like um if you're gonna have anal sex it doesn't have to be painful and there are absolutely ways Mm -hmm. to make it not not nearly as painful as it would be if you were not prepared and if you are somebody who's new to um to any sort of type of sex work, you might not know that, or you might've been in the industry forever and just assuming that this is normal and fine because no one has ever, has ever taught you anything different. And for, for really anyone, I think there's a level of self of a sex education that is for you. There's a level of sex education that is for every single age. 
all the way up through all levels of, of experience because it's so multifaceted and has so yeah. much to do with our emotions, but also has a lot to do with um, biology. And there's a, there's so much there. There's so much to I'm going to ask you, it's just come to my mind, you know, when two people have sex, right? Okay. So you, so you go and sometimes you might know the person or you might've seen the person or for me, you know, I might know the name for, for someone that is, might be on a, on a date and a, Mm -hmm. a, you know, regular civilian. Sure. That chemistry, like, why is it like, some people you see, oh, they look really hot, and yeah. then you get there, and the chemistry is like, yeah. it's not fitting, <laughs> and you're like, that's the worst chemistry. Yeah, like, but I think that there are ways that you can sort of manufacture chemistry. There's a there's a therapist, a sex therapist, who says that chemistry has a lot more to do with timing than it has to do, or the success of a relationship has more to do with timing than it does actual chemistry. Because if, if you are both at a time in your life where you're willing to work out whatever the like lack of natural chemistry might be, whether it's just a sexual relationship or you're trying to date the person, there's always, if you're, if the first time you sleep with someone, it's awkward, doesn't mean that it's going to be awkward forever. They just might need, they might need the map that we talked about earlier. So you need to give them the map and then you manufacture the chemistry. And I think too, people put a big amount of pressure and stress on someone who is like ultimately a stranger to be able to know exactly what to do, even outside of the sexual realm. And I think that what feels like chemistry is when someone speaks the same romantic language for you. So you don't feel like you have to translate yourself. And I feel like that's what ends up being like the feeling of chemistry. It's like, oh my God, this person gets it. And that's amazing. But um, there are times where where the chemistry isn't going to be there in the very beginning. And that doesn't mean it can't be made later on. Nice. Thank you. I would just that thought come to my head then. That's the worst. We we could make it. So I want to ask you, you've, you're an adult, you've obviously watched porn. Yeah. So where do you think that porn falls when it comes to education? Like where education and porn, like yeah. give me your take on it. Well, I think the biggest thing is that porn is meant to be entertainment. It's not meant to be education. And like that alone, that precedent alone, I've spoken to some people who are um, adult actresses or actors that say that they do feel like they're educating when they're performing. And then there are some who have said, I don't feel like I'm educating and don't use me as education because I'm performing. And so I think part of it is the way that, that the consumer approaches it and assuming that everything that you see in porn is exactly how you should do it in real life. I think the other (laughs) thing, like, which is, I mean, but it happens. People really think that. People really yeah, think that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Porn, everything you see in porn, it's, it's a lot of it, especially with the studios, it's scripted mm-hmm. and it's ready. And, you know, to a certain extent, as, a, as an actor and actress, you can put your own creativity into it, but you're still following an overall agenda of what the studio requires. Totally. And I think it's interesting that when people watch 
regular TV or movies, they understand that this is scripted and that what you think is spontaneity was something that was planned in a script months and months ago, and they did this take 10 times. But for some reason, when you're watching porn, you just assume that all of that is spontaneous and all of that is as realistic as you're receiving it. And that's just not true. And there's also a lot of conversations that happen before you even get on to the actual set that are yeah. about the things that you want to do, the things that you don't want to do. Yeah, all of the, the consent conversations, especially when it comes to anything kink, BDSM, like those types, mm -hmm. of, uh, um, types of content where they had extensive conversations about what they were comfortable with, what they weren't comfortable with. They have a safe word and they're not talking about that in the beginning because it ruins like the fantasy of it. But um, I think the biggest thing is to just remember as a consumer that this is entertainment. This is not mm -hmm. this is not education. And you can use some of it for inspiration, but mm -hmm. know that like inspiration coming from porn is like inspiration coming from a Disney movie. There's only so much you can do to make that a reality because we all want to be a princess we all want to be a princess and like but as many times as you kiss a frog it's still a frog babe so it's uh, there's only so much so yeah <laughs> it's true so yeah i think i think that's the biggest thing i wish that there were there were types of porn that allowed for um especially with things that feel or are being received as like especially aggressive or violent. I wish that they showed more of like what the before and the aftercare look like. Like more of about behind the scenes as well. You know, yeah. how kind of like this is the final product, but then this is like yeah. a timeline of before and then yeah. going after. Like this is what happens all around the polished right. final piece. Exactly. I remember only once I have seen a video that was a and where they in the beginning that it was a couple like a married couple who are the actors in it and they have a conversation in the beginning that is like we both consent to this activity we understand that this is something that we're doing because it turns us on but this mm -hmm. is by no means real and so if you have feelings where you want to act this situation out in real life this is not that. And yeah. you, th these are some resources for you in that circumstance. And that was like one of the most responsible approaches to porn yeah. I've ever seen. But now there's, there's a whole category of porn that's like ethical porn and ethically made porn. And it's labeled as such. And the people who are um, producing those types of film, I feel like try to make things more realistic. So it's just a different, mm -hmm. different side of the coin that you can yeah. experience if that's something that you're looking for too. Yeah, it is. It's, but it is, it's, it's knowing you can take pieces of it, but knowing that it is an act and it is yeah. a form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has a question about sex life, because they might be sitting here listening now and they're like, Alyssa, I need to ask you this. <laughs> like, where can they ask you? How do they get to ask you 
you can go on my Instagram and um, if you want to subscribe, it'll, I'll get your message a lot easier. You can always DM me and I will do my very best. Um, but you can also send us an email to the podcast, which is Alyssa explains it all pod at gmail.com. And if you want me to answer it on the podcast, I can do that. If you want me to answer via email, I can do that too. Just let me know. And I'm always around to help. I try to make as much of what I do free or super low cost because I think people have a right to know all of this yeah. stuff. And it's been so like gate gatekeeped for our entire lives. So um, if you send me an email, more chances than not, I will be able to answer your question. Thank you. And just one last question I want to ask you, what is the one thing as a sex educator that you wish that everyone knew? Ooh, what I say all the time is wetter is better. And if you can include like lube is like the most baby step of, of, uh, advancements of like improvements add-ons into your sex life use it it'll it'll change your life it'll make everything so much better wetter is always better so get a really nice lube for yourself mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to use it there's nothing wrong with that it's it's super fun it's really um it makes everything just more comfortable so that would be my biggest tip wetter is better and also find ways to communicate with your partner so that you can actually have a shared experience of what you're both looking for because no one's a mind reader. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. Weta is better. Like yes. that's one great bit of advice. <laughs> Thank you. And I know that you just said, you know, go and check you out on the channels, but did you give, did you give the URLs of your oh, TikTok? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Tell I, them all your URLs so that okay. it's, it's a little bit easier for them. Okay, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram. Um, I, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. Um, it pretty much anywhere at Alyssa Lube, and it's uh, A L Y S S A L J U B. And um, if you want to check out the podcast, it's Alyssa Explains It All. And if you want to send me an email, um, Alyssa Explains It All pod, P O D, at gmail.com. And I think that's it. I think that's all my things. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been amazing having you and enlightening people on sex education. And thank you for being an amazing resource for us all. Thank you. It's been an honor to be here. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Woohoo! <laughs> this is Tanya Tate, Skinfluencer Success. Thank you all for joining me on Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. Investing in yourself is investing in your future. Investing in you will improve your life and those around you. Investing in you will help you grow. Are you willing to spend your time wisely and invest in you? Share with me how do you invest in yourself? Do you have a story to tell me about how any of my podcasts have inspired you to be a better person? Who do you want me to have as a future guest? What questions or advice do you want us to discuss? I invite you to share your feedback with me. You can leave feedback or ask me questions relevant to the Skinfluencer Success Podcast by using the hashtag AskTanyaTate. You can ask me by commenting on my latest posts on Twitter and Patreon at TanyaTate. TikTok and YouTube at Tanya Tate Tube. 
Instagram at Tanya Tate Create. And you can also leave me a voice note on speakpipe.com slash Tanya Tate. And you might get featured on a future episode. So let's listen to my favorite Speakpipe voice notes of this episode. Hi, Tanya. My name's Ryan from Texas. I'm a big fan of yours. I've watched a lot of your movies. Uh, my question for you is, I've, wa- I've watched a lot of your scenes, and one thing I've noticed is that whenever you have a big orgasm, you always sound like you're in pain. And I was just wondering if you noticed that, and if so, why, why is that? <sighs> okay. Ryan, a big fan from Texas. Well, thank you so much for leaving that comment, that question. So Ryan wants to know, he's been watching some of my movies, but he wants to know why do I sound like I'm in pain when I'm reaching that moment of ecstasy? Ryan, 100%, I am not in pain. Here's the thing, if I was in pain, I would stop the scene. I would stop the action. I would say, this is not okay. And don't get me wrong, there have been times when it's been painful. If somebody's been going at it for a long time and it's got tender inside and it's going deep and the angle and it's uncomfortable and starting to hurt, I'm like, okay, we got to stop. We got to change the position. If that feeling is painful, I'm going to stop. We're going to readjust. But actually, I had to look this up because I'm like, painful orgasms. It is something known as dysorgasmia. I don't know if I said that right. Okay, so painful orgasms can be caused by physical or psychological conditions. Just so you know, I do not have this. And there are many sounds that people make when climaxing panting, grunting, moaning, whispering, silence, laughter, joyful, screaming. Every person is different and unique. And maybe it's that joyful scream. Maybe it's that joyful scream in that moment of ecstasy that you're hearing. I promise you to every single one of you that are listening, I absolutely love what I do on camera. And I love making these movies for you. And if you haven't heard me, please go and find out. All my old stuff is online on all the the free places, I guess. But if you want the new stuff, if you want me now, if you want to be supporting me right now, then go and check out my premium social media platforms. OnlyFans, Sex Panther, all my new stuff's on there. But thank you, Ryan, that was an interesting question. So let's listen to another message that's being left, okay. Huh. Okay, this guy left his name as Roy. Roy, we have... A nine-second grunt. I mean, I'm not sure if that was an animal trying to call me or whether it was... Hmm. What was your question, Roy? 
Huh. And there we have it. My speakpipe voice notes of this episode. If you do get to hear yourself and, you know, you gave a good, a good submission, hit me up with your mailing name and address and I will be sending you a thank you photo for your show of appreciation for leaving a speakpipe voice note that I played. And if you are listening to me on Apple, Amazon, Audible, are inspired by any of the words, please give me a written review. Give me five stars. And you can also give a five-star rating on Spotify. And I do check and do give shout-outs. So you never know when I might be reading out your review. So thank you guys for all the support. Keep it coming in. I keep loving hearing what you think about the show. If you want to get me one-on-one, you can do so on phone, video. You know where to find me on my premium social media platforms. Sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate or OnlyFans.com slash Tanya Tate and we can get to talk one-on-one over there. Follow me on Twitter and Patreon at Tanya Tate. TikTok and YouTube at Tanya Tate Tube. Instagram at Tanya Tate Create. And you can see all of my official links, including my premium social media, on my link tree. Just search link tree and my name, Tanya Tate, all one word. And remember, if you don't see it on my link tree, it's not me. The Skinfluencer Success Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. Watch it first with early access on patreon.com slash Tanya Tate. It's then released on onlyfans.com slash Tanya Tate and later on youtube.com slash Tanya Tate Tube. Patreon members get to exclusively see me reveal in advance this episode's guest and will be treated to exclusive clips that don't make the final cut of the video. Join my highest tier to get shout outs and this episode of appreciation for being a top tier level member goes to Caller69 and Nickel Award. Thank you guys for your support. And you can get a shout out by supporting this podcast and becoming a top tier level member of my Patreon. So thank you to every single one of you that are listening. Special shout out of thanks to my Patreon top tier members, Caller69, Nickel Award. You know who you are if you are listening right now. Big thanks, big appreciation to you. This is Tanya Tate. You've been listening to Skinfluencer Success. Use your time wisely to invest in you, invest in your future, invest in making your life the most amazing that you can. Now get out there and go build your bank.